Do complex legal issues hold you back? Let's get energized and bring clarity to your top legal questions. This is Law Talk with the Flock by Guzman Law Firm. Gina Guzman, a CEO, lawyer, author, and woman business owner, here to help navigate you through the law, your business, and life as a leader. For today's episode, I have with me my law partner, Larry Rowland. Larry is a litigation attorney and partner in our Omaha office. Today, we're going to talk about Assembly Bill 5 and what it means for independent contractors. Welcome, Larry. Thank you, Gina. Thank you for the invitation to speak today on AB 5. And before we dive into that, um, I would again like thanking you for the opportunity to be referred to as your partner in, in the world of the Gooseman Law. So I appreciate that. What do you want to know about AB5? Well, before we talk too much more about AB5, uh, let's talk about you and your new role, Larry. Can you tell our listeners a little bit more about who is Larry Rowland? Uh, Larry Rowland is a 2013 law school grad who finally decided in 2010, that becoming a lawyer, something he had talked about doing for the previous 15, 20 years was the thing he probably should have done. Uh, so I drove uh, in previous lives. I was a truck driver. I was a policy wonk on Capitol Hill in Washington, D.C., um, was on television in, in Nashville and did the production of television and then became a broker at TD Ameritrade and looked at an actuary role and finally became an attorney in 2013. And I've used all of those different backgrounds, careers that I've had actually as part of my law career. I do a lot of the FMCSA and USDOT work here for the Guzman Law Firm. Um, any kind of FCC stuff that comes through, I also um, have some good knowledge on in my times in Washington, D.C., and any of the finances stuff. And as a loquacious, talkative kind of person, litigation also kind of fits in nicely with the, the law practice that I am able to do here in Omaha, licensed both in the states of Iowa and Nebraska. Outstanding. Well. Uh, very excited to have you on and to talk about AB5. And we were just starting to talk about this, and I was like, oh, we got to hit the record button because this is good stuff. Well, let's start, Larry. What is AB5 and how did it come about? California Assembly Bill 5 um, is literally an extension of a 2018 case, Dynamics Operations West, Inc., versus like Los Angeles County, in which California, like many jurisdictions, like many states, um, in a constant crush, for different revenues. And, and, and I'm, this isn't a pot, this isn't a piece about is that the right thing or the raw thing, it's the reality. Um, you've got a little bit of a, 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 an economic glitch in 17 and 18 where you have different locales looking for opportunities to secure additional income tax receipts, sales tax receipts, or employer uh, tax receipts. And the state of California came up with AB5 as an extension of this Dynamex case in which they said, you know what, we, we think maybe the role of an independent contractor is being manipulated. And so we're gonna create a three-point test, a three-part test called the ABC test um, to deal with gig workers. Um, um, if I'm hiring an independent contractor, if I'm in the, for example, if I'm in the trucking business and I hire 100 employees 
as independent contractors and they are all driving trucks, i.e. doing the exact same thing that my business does, I can't call them independent contractors. The ABC test specifically said, number one, is the worker free to perform services out of the control of the employer? And that's always been the test. Does the employer control the time, method, and manner in which the independent contractor does the work? If they do, they're an employee. If they don't, they're still an independent contractor. But the second piece of the ABC test said, is the work that they're doing really what that company does? And if the answer to that is yes, then they're no longer an independent contractor. We're going to consider them as an employee. So AB5 is an extension of the Dynamex case, is an attempt to classify more individuals as employees. And that creates such an uproar that the true gig workers who are most impacted, as the legislative history says, AB5 was to address DoorDash, Uber, Lyft, to have these individuals classified as employees instead of independent contractors. So AB5 passes, Governor Newsom signs into law in September of 19 to take effect on January 1st of 2020. Before 2019 is even over, DoorDash, uh, Uber, and Lyft had joined forces and had begun a marketing campaign. And they actually got on Proposition 22. They actually created Proposition 22, made a ballot initiative in the 2020 election cycle to make sure AB5 did not apply to DoorDash, Uber, and Lyft drivers. They said that that's, this is too, this, this, it, this impedes their ability and their business model. So you have legislatures taking their role to establish what is the definition of an employee in this state. You have lobbyists and um, specific professionals who then put on their professional hats and are able to further craft that legislation. And so much so, um, uh, Proposition 22 actually passed like 60-40 at the ballot. And so AB5, as it applies to DoorDash, Uber, and Lyft, actually doesn't apply. They are still considered independent contractors. And, and while not necessarily the largest of problems in, in Nebraska or in Iowa or, or for what our clients may come across, it does have very large implications when it comes to a uh, potential employer whose business model has five employees, uh, all administrative, but hundreds of individuals who operate as independent contractors, as the understanding of what an independent contractor has always been. Before we what jump that into changed? that, Larry, uh, that's super, it's super interesting and great explanation of the background. And I just want to make sure I'm going to recap and kind of summarize this. So. AB5 started in California and California needed money. So AB5 says, let's re reclassify these independent contractors, make them employees because states make more money under their tax regimes when uh, people are employees versus when they're independent contractors. And then that's starting to catch on along, around the country for other states that are also looking for more revenue and they're passing similar laws. Is that right? Well, so far, um, almost mirrored legislation has appeared in New York and Illinois. And not surprising uh, because of the population centers that those are. But those are the, the, the three states that have done this new ABC test that says we need to go one step further. For an independent contractor, again, as long as the employer didn't control the time, method, manner, didn't provide the tools, didn't provide, Lily said, here's the job, get it done when you get it done, then they were considered an independent contractor. And that independent contractor had certain responsibilities. Uh, that they needed to take care of workers' comp, um, insurance, whether it be premises or general liability. Um, but California's second piece that says, listen, if the work that they're doing is in line with the, what that company does, then you can't call them an independent contractor. Again, just Illinois, New York, and California, at least through 
uh, probably June of 21. June of 21 is the last time that I looked. So there, there are probably additional states that have uh, begun to mirror AB5. And then in California, uh, a few of the independent contracting companies like Uber and Lyft, they went and they said, we can't have this, it'll destroy our business model. So they then got on the ballot to be excluded from AB5. Is that right? That is correct. AB5 had an initial list of exemptions. Lawyers, for example, um, if you had hired an independent contractor attorney um, on a, a, a specific time frame or a specific case, if they were considered an independent contractor, that they weren't exposed to the ABC test. Real estate agents also had that same exception. So the original list maybe had a dozen different professions that didn't apply uh, content. So then the state of California, for obvious reasons, not specifically because of its true size, but LA and the content. Um, think of new media, social media content creators out in California said, we're all independent contractors. I'm an independent videographer, I'm an independent producer, I'm an independent on-air personality. So they convinced the legislature in California to even expand the list of exempt uh, professions. And content creators were actually exempted from uh, AB5's effects of being listed as employees. But the DoorDash, Lyft, and Uber couldn't convince the state legislature to add them to that list of exemptions, so they had to go out on their own. And so they joined forces, marketing campaign, went door to door, were able to get it on, were able to get Proposition 22 on the November 2020 election. And so people got their ballots and people voted to allow for Uber, Lyft, and DoorDash to be considered independent contractors, regardless of what AB5's language said. So a good convergence of lobbyists and professionals doing the work that their clients hire them to do. So this is a big deal for any business that has independent contractors today versus employees, because if you reclassify uh, their independent contractors as employees, then all of a sudden the business is then liable for paying a bunch of these different kinds of taxes, right? And it also, that exactly correct. But even more so than that, you gotta take another step or two down the path it exposes you to ex exposes the potential. Sorry, it exposes the employer to a um, a new set of regulations that they may never have been exposed to before, just by the pure size of their organization. And and I think specifically the first one that always pops to my mind is is OSHA. Um, when when OSHA can only speak if the office has X number of employees, and it, it it varies depending on specific subject matters. But the thing that has us the most worried now is OSHA's threshold of 100 when it comes to the world of, of COVID-19 vaccine stuff. Um, at what point can a benign agency, not, not that OSHA is not important, but again, they shouldn't, you, you wouldn't think of them as having an impact on whether or not you're gonna hire somebody as an employee, whether or not there's any kind of cost associated with that hire. That shouldn't come in the world of OSHA. You should never even think of OSHA when you're doing that. But now all of a sudden, again, a five employee, 200 independent contractor um, setup Imagine the world of trucking, where you've got a bunch of different LLCs or independent owner operators who you have an independent contractor agreement with, maybe exclusive, maybe not, uh, in which they can decide they're going to take this load or not. They're going to run that route or not. And you truly do have a flexible arrangement that both sides benefit from that if, if AB5 language exists in your state or gets adopted coast to coast, now all of a sudden you've been exposed to OSHA. And it's no longer just about the designation of an independent contractor. It's all the other rules that come with OSHA that you've never had to deal with in your business, never had to worry about compliance with or hiring someone to monitor that or reports to do that. And all of a sudden that has to become part of your daily routine. 
uh, and the costs and the, and the challenges that come with that. Whoa, all of a sudden, again, I had a business model. I had a good business model where I thought I was doing well by my independent contractors and they were doing well by me. And now all of a sudden that got turned on its ear. So the state could try qualifying more individuals as employees, as you'd noted, because then the state gets to say, okay, there should be a minimum wage now in place. There needs to be mandatory uh, workers' comp in place, and there needs to be specific benefits because now you're competing against some other employer who wasn't an employer yesterday. They hired independent contractors, but now you're all fighting for that same employee. And so you get to join the throngs of other employers who have job openings, qualified individuals, but not enough of them. So you're fighting for people. And as you mentioned, if you have employees instead of independent contractors and you cross that 100 employee threshold, uh, the hot button that we're also talking about right now is the mandate for everybody to be vaccinated if you have more than 100 employees. So it, it definitely has rippling effects and depending upon if you have people classified as independent contractors or employees. Also, uh, your health benefits. Uh, what do you offer for health insurance? If you have more employees, that's also gonna uh, mean you need to offer more people your health insurance um, as a company too. So this classification issue of art, do you have independent contractors or employees really is a big one for business. And um, how do you anticipate helping businesses navigate that, Larry? is just making sure that, that they understand on the front end um, the flexibility that needs to exist in their planning and their business modeling. And, and that's not fair ever to any kind of employer. They have enough challenges as they're trying to work on, envision, and actually make this business um, a success, not only for themselves, but their employers, uh, for their suppliers, and for their clients, the customers that they do work for. And all of a sudden, if we need to be telling them, you know, in the back of your mind, you need to have this alternate universe created in which up is down and down is up, and you no longer have independent contractors, but you have employees. And with that, you have new corresponding costs and expenses, which you then have to figure out if you're gonna pass on to the client. Does that change your rate card? Are you locked into rate card problems with specific clients who have MFN status? And do we have to go back and renegotiate every year, depending on whether or not they're employees this year or independent contractors next year? And that doesn't make for a nice, stable business relationship. But if we can kind of explain to them on the front end, if we use different language as we're building our employee handbooks, as we're beginning our uh, early stages of negotiations with, with potential clients and, and signing any kind of agreement, um, that we demonstrate to, we as the Guzman Law Firm attorneys, demonstrate to our potential clients as employers our knowledge of the business so that when we begin drafting documents, when we begin working with that individuals and customers, they understand that we're ready to pivot at a moment's notice, that we're gonna protect them from any kind of legal challenges or problems, but then also so that they can show off to their clients. Yeah, we're, yeah, we're aware that OSHA did that. Yeah, we're aware that the state has done this and we anticipated it a year ago and we've been preparing for this accordingly. So now we have this step in place and we've done these processes and procedures. And when you have all of that built out, it just creates that um, that professional look that we want to make sure our clients have when they're presenting themselves. Whether or not they acknowledge it's us who's helping them do that, unimportant. It's just that they know they've got attorneys on their backside that have an, a working knowledge of this and anticipation of where it's going to go and to start preparing them for those changes today. So Larry, you mentioned trucking companies. What other kinds of businesses regularly use independent contractors as their business model that should be paying attention to this right now? I can think of 
uh, nursing companies, a lot of uh, nursing companies and other medical professional companies where they have uh, that type of medical professional as an independent contractor, then they line up the work for them and, and hire them on that type of basis. And if they too could possibly be reclassified. Any other types that of examples correct. that you can think of, Larry, that have a business that should be paying attention to this? The thing that has us the, the kind of worried here because of its impact on lots of other subject areas is the world of general contracting. Um, and then you can insert any number of the professions, whether it be uh, concrete and, and roofing, whether it be uh, general lumber or, or actually um, uh, skilled laborers is the ones that we're most worried about when it comes to, again, your stucco, your slate, uh, people who can do uh, fine trim work, again, back in your woodworking. Those individuals have traditionally always enjoyed the flexibility to work when they need to or when they want to because they know they're in demand. It's even amplified now in the current situation we find ourselves in in the world of housing because of supply chain restrictions and whether you've got enough you know, supply to actually take care of the demand. And again, other factors that have nothing to do with whether or not an employer versus, sorry, an employee versus an independent contractor is considered has huge ramifications when you're talking about contracting. And so, okay, why should that bother me? Well, because your house that may have cost $200,000 to make because I was working with independent contractors at a somewhat daily rate that was set by the market, all of a sudden they're employees and now a $200,000 house becomes a $300,000 house. As the end client, the person who's actually buying that house, that's a 50% jump in fees, and I'm still getting the same house. There's no additional gold that's been brought in, no additional rooms or bathrooms that have been added. I get the same house, it's just gonna cost me 50% more because of a designation created by a policy play by the state to try securing more tax revenue. And so just remembering that, again, you bring up, so we have the world of, of, of trucking, uh, we had the world of DoorDash uh, and Lyft and Uber and, and how it could impact nurses and, and other medical trained professionals, uh, but then also your, your general laborers uh, underside uh, with general contracting companies or construction companies. That could also have a big impact uh, on just day-to-day -day life for all of us. Well, thank you, Larry, so much for sharing your insight today. I want everyone to have a great day and go make it worth it. Thanks so much. Goodbye. Thanks, Gina. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us for Law Talk with the Flock by Gooseman Law Firm. We hope you feel energized and ready to soar past your goals. Become a Flock fan and subscribe to our podcast for weekly episodes. Learn more at goosemanlaw.com.